Hey, you amazing person, you. Welcome back to another episode of Woman Behind the Lens. This podcast is dedicated to inspiring, empowering, and educating the woman God has called to get behind the lens and boldly produce stories that will impact the world. Think of it this way. God has already greenlit your movie. So think of me as your producing partner, helping you get the job done. I'm your host, award-winning actress, filmmaker, and community advocate, DJ Renuka. I'm so glad you're here. Let's start the show. Hey, you amazing person, you. Welcome back to another episode of Woman Behind the Lens. So today we are going to talk about a question that I get asked a lot. And I was actually really surprised I got asked this question a lot, but I get asked the question, How do you cast your films? So today I want to talk to you about how I cast my films and how you can cast your films. We're going to go deep today. I want to talk to you about first like what a casting director usually does on a film. Usually on a bigger film that has a bigger budget, there'll be someone called a casting director. And what the casting director does is they kind of curate actors to come and audition. So they're kind of that first wave of finding uh, options for the director. So a lot of times casting directors will have relationships with different actors or stars. They'll know about actors that maybe no one knows about, that they see a lot of potential in. And so they kind of bring in those options. They don't get to make the last decision on everything, but they definitely get to put some input and kind of be really creative in bringing people together and put their kind of spin on who they know, who could fit the role. Casting is really interesting because you not only want to cast someone that has skill, you want to cast someone whose essence can really bring a lot to the project and to the character. There's so many actors and we're all so unique, so we would all bring a different take onto a character. I can think of an actor like Denzel Washington. He plays a lot of different characters. Right now, he's doing another Shakespeare. I don't know if you remember, like, he did Shakespeare a long time ago, a film Shakespeare show with Kenneth Branagh. Now he's doing another Shakespeare production. He's done drama. He's done action. You know, but he always brings his essence to every role. And a casting director can really see that and know that in different actors and bring those options to the director. And a casting director will also set up the audition. So... They could have an office where they bring in actors. Their office will handle the admin and organizing the video files and sending them off to the director, giving input if the director wants it. When you go to an audition, sometimes the director and production people will be there. Sometimes when I go in for a bigger audition and maybe a callback, usually some people from marketing will even be there. The agent, the casting director, the director will be there, um, but I was brought in by the agency. So a casting director might reach out to different agencies as well who have different actors to choose from and say, you know, I want all your actors who are multi-ethnic to come and audition for this TV show. So a lot of things that might go into a description for an audition for a character, a casting director might also bring in someone who doesn't quite fit the description just to kind of give a different option or help the directors and people kind of think outside the box or maybe like oh I never thought about this before a lot of times with ethnicity where it doesn't it's not like it has to be a certain ethnicity like if you're casting a family or children or something like that and they're not adopted or you're not you know things like that you know you have to match the ethnicity to the mother but sometimes you don't 
and you can have flexibility. So I know a lot of you guys that are listening to this may not have the budget for a casting director and you have to do it yourself like me. So in indie filmmaking, a lot of times you have to just do it yourself. So I've learned a lot over the years. When you are excited about a project and you have a script, a lot of times you want to like jump into acting. You're like, I know I'm going to cast in this. I've done that before. Casting doesn't really show up until you're in pre-production. So you want to get through a phase called development, which I will talk about in another episode. But just really quick development. In that stage, you want to have your project funded so you know you have the money to pay your actors or pay your assistants who are helping you with casting and things like that so you know you can move forward with your production you don't want to jump right into casting and I understand in the beginning it's really exciting you're like I know who I'm going to cast I have an idea of who I want in this role they're going to be perfect that's great hold up hold up a second I've got some things for you to do. So the first thing you want to do after your script is finished, you want to do a, a character breakdown. So you want to list out all your characters that have speaking roles and don't have speaking roles, or if you need background actors. So you want to list those out, and then you're going to create descriptions for everything. Now these descriptions are possibly different than what the writer used or what you used when you wrote the script. They're not necessarily in-depth and history and all that. They're really about characteristics that you want to quickly get across to whoever's casting or to the actor if they're, you know, putting themselves out there for the audition or for the agent or the manager so they can quickly see, do my actors fit this? So I'm going to go into detail about what you want to put in the description. So, of course, you want to have the character's name. You want to put things like their age their ethnicity, if it's important. When I started out, you know, I would see a lot of specifics about ethnicity and there wasn't a lot of variety either. It would just be like Caucasian or African-American. But now I see a lot of any ethnicity or multi-ethnic. So if it's not a big deal, go ahead and put any ethnicity so you can keep your options open and see, you know, what kind of talent you're going to see audition for your role and it could open up your eyes into you know I never thought about that and especially if you aren't around a lot of diverse people that you can immediately pull from and you want to make sure that you're being more inclusive and have more diversity in your projects just put any ethnicity in there or open ethnicity in the beginning I didn't see so much but now I'm starting to see more which is great and I'm starting to see more on TV which is great more diversity I think we still have a long way to go. But you can be part of the solution by being open and thinking broader if it's not that important. But in this industry, we have to talk about it. It's a visual industry and visuals are important and you have to be intentional. You have to be intentional if you want to cast women with different body types and different backgrounds and different hair you need to be intentional about it and that means putting that in your descriptions you want to add in some personality traits if you want you don't have to use a lot of words just a few adjectives if they're happy or grumpy or bright or cheerful or everywhere they go they brighten up a room or everywhere they go they bring a rain cloud or things like that things that are important to the story you don't need to go into a lot of detail write a paragraph if you don't want to but make sure it pertains to the story so you're attracting the people that know that they're type or that they can play those things you might want to include a little bit about their outlook on the world 
just a sentence, you know, if they're bitter, if they've been through many relationships and they have a wall up or they've been through a lot of terrible relationships and they're ready to find the one, those things are really helpful as an actor on the other side. I appreciate when people put little things like that in there because it helps me craft a more three-dimensional person when I'm auditioning. You can add anything that you think is important to the character. If if they really must have a certain hair color or they really need to have tattoos and piercings and you don't want to draw that on them every day and you're like, I would love to have people who have piercings and tattoos, just you know, things like that, but make sure it's pertinent to the story. And if you want, you can add a little history, just a few sentences, but keeping it short and sweet, make sure that you put the important information in there that you want to get across to whoever's auditioning. Also, I would add, please, if you have a character that needs to be nude or do a sex scene or kissing scene or has to do a lot of action, or needs to play an instrument, or playing an instrument is a plus, or will teach you how to play, things like that. Just make sure you put those things in there because it's really respectful to the actor and the artist and to you and to your time. If you know that we're going to shoot a sex scene or kissing or something like that to the actress so or the actor so they understand when they come in, that there's someone who's comfortable with that. You don't want to blindside somebody in the audition room. Like, okay, we need for you to, you know, this commercial requires this from you. Like a lot of commercials require you to, you know, be in a bra and a panty. If it's a panty commercial or a dove or something like that. Just, you know, not everyone's comfortable. Some people are. Whatever. Just let people know because... That will just take care of all of that so you know the people coming in understand, you know, I need to be able to sing. That would just make it easier for you and for the people auditioning. The next thing that you want to do is prepare sides. What are sides? Sides are parts of the script that you're going to use for the actor to audition with. So it could be a scene or three that you want the actor to perform so that you can see what they can do. Do they fit the role? Does it make sense? How do they interpret it? If you have a character that doesn't have a lot of lines, but it's really important that they emote, that they act with their eyes. If you don't have a if you have a character who doesn't have a lot of lines, but it's important that they emote, that they act with their eyes, that you know they they're saying a lot without saying anything, and you want to pick a side or portion of the script that requires the actor to be on camera but listening to someone speaking and you want to watch how they react. A great audition that's out there on YouTube that you can watch is Rachel Adams for The Notebook and you can watch her audition and she just she's really free even to the point where she turns her back to the camera for a second. I, I really loved watching that audition and she did such a great job and she did a great job in the film as well. You know, she wasn't talking all the time, but she was re always reacting. She was always in the scene. So pick parts of the script that really allow you to see what you need to see from the actor. Another thing you want to do on the sides is you want to mark where you want the actor to start and stop. Sometimes the way scripts are written, you know, there's a little, like, half a page 
on there from the last scene and it goes into like the next scene. So just mark on there where you want the actor to start or stop or if you just want them to pick a portion of the side, but just be really clear in your directions. So an example is just a lot of people, what they do is they'll draw a little line at the start and write start, and then they draw a line right after the dialogue they want to be finished, and you just put end here. So it's pretty simple, but it's such a big help just to know exactly what you want to see, and it will help you get what you want and help the actor know what you want. I know it seems a little like, oh, of course, but... I don't always see that and it's helpful when I do see it so that's why I'm telling you. I see it if I ever do a TV audition which I don't do a lot. I'm in a smaller market. I'm close to Chicago but I haven't fully branched out there yet which is what something I definitely want to do soon when the kids get a little older. I want to get my son into high school and I know it's a little off topic but this is Woman Behind the Lens. I have three children Two are in high school. I want to get the last one. He's in eighth grade into a certain high school and just make sure things are running real smooth with the kids and that, you know, they're able to fully, you know, they can cook for themselves and look after themselves if I need to do things. My son has ADHD and he's highly, he's really smart and creative, but, you know, he needs some motivation to stay on task and finish things and um, I'm just really excited for where he's going for high school and I feel like that's going to really be a big help and we're going to get resources and yeah so I can branch out so that's a little off topic but the times where I do get a chance to audition for something like Chicago Fire or one of those shows which is I just love doing that when I can you know, I really, I always see those instructions on the sides. Another thing you can do is ask your actor to perform a monologue for you. So if you're doing a drama, ask them to perform a dramatic monologue. If it's a character that has to be both dramatic and comedic, say I want a monologue that shows both drama and comedy, or you can say I want a dramatic monologue and a comedic monologue. And put the time in there, you know, 30 to 90 seconds should let you know, because if you don't, as an actor, I can tell you we could just go on and on and have a great time performing for you for a long time. So put in there 30 to 90 seconds so you and the actor knows how long and you can get through the auditions because you'll be able to tell if you're getting what you need out of that time. And if you, you want to see more, that's great. You do a callback. The next thing I would say to do is if you can create a separate email to receive the auditions, because it will clog up your email. So if you can put your name at yourproduction.com, at gmail or whatever.com, it will help you so much to just know that the auditions are coming through there and you won't miss anything and get clogged up. Because I have made that mistake and used my normal email and it's, it's a lot to keep up with when you're in that auditioning phase. So the next thing you wanna do is share your audition. So I'm going to share with you some things that I've done that you could do too. Um, so I created a flyer for our last project, Rashida's Freedom Day, that we were able to share on social media. And of course, you can't put every single thing about every character in the flyer. But you can put things like, here's a synopsis of the project. We're looking for actors between this age and this age. We are looking for actors to audition during this time frame. 
And you want to put where they can find more information. If you have a website, I created a whole web page with more information. But what you want to do is say, if you're interested, email me at your name at the production at gmail.com with your headshot and resume and if you want what character if you put information about the character you can put what character that they're going to audition for that way you get the audition you get their resume and you can see what they probably will fit then when they send you the information their headshot and the resume then you can say okay which character do they fit then you're able to send out the sides that you already prepared with the instructions that we'll talk about next before I talk about the instructions really quick you want to have a way to schedule all of the auditions. So if it's going to be virtual, you don't have to worry about that. You tell the person your instructions, like post it unlisted on YouTube or Vimeo and send me the link. And that way you can just look at them when you have time. But if you're going to do it in person, that's a whole nother ball game that we'll get to. And you need to be able to schedule people. So I just want to go over the audition requirements. So if it's virtual, put in there any way you want the camera. Like if you want the camera to be vertical because you're doing a spot that's going to be on Instagram, do that. Or if you want it horizontal, which is how you should always film your auditions unless told otherwise. If you have special instructions, like you want them to slate, which is to say their name and their age, anything you want, like they say it in their own personality who they are. If you want them to look sideways, you want to see their profile, You need sometimes you need to see people's hands. If they're doing like a product shoot or they're going to be doing a lot of things with their hands, just whatever you need them to do so you can kind of just see who they are virtually because it's not easy as in person. You put those instructions in there. You want to make sure you put the deadline. Once again, remind people what the deadline is because it's it's easy to forget or you'll have people going like forever and ever auditioning and sending you stuff and you're like already in production. You know, they're still sending you stuff. Put the deadline in and just remember a lot of people are going to wait till close to the deadline to send you stuff. So, you know, don't worry if you don't receive stuff right away. It's going to come. It's going to come. Okay, so let's talk about in-person auditions. Hopefully you'll be able to have them more frequently after we get through this pandemic. Oh my goodness, it is, it's been a long journey, hasn't it? If you're going to do them in person, you want to have a place that you can hold the auditions, a place that has a waiting room area, a place where the actors can wait separate from the audition, a place where they can use the restroom if they need to. And I mean, that's really what you need. You need a just a waiting area and a place where you can close the door and have auditions. You want to schedule at least 15 minutes, I think, with every actor. Very experienced casting directors probably can do it in like 5 or 10, but I think 15 minutes is good so that you can see the actor and you can have a little time after each actor to grab a glass of water or grab a snack and just kind of pace yourself to get through it because I've gone through auditions and for hours and it is it can wear on you after a while like seeing all those people especially I'm an introvert so it's expending a lot of extroverted energy for me uh, so yeah just pace yourself and you want to give enough time if you have an actor you're like oh can you try it this way can you try it this way and you want to get to know more about them just give yourself some time be pleasant be brief so you can stay on schedule 
Make sure the environment is comfortable for you and the actor. Everybody's already nervous anyways, so you want to create an environment where the actor can perform their best. Just pay attention to them. If you're taking notes, you know, try to not be like so in your notes that you're not looking at the actor. You want to get the right actor. They want to be the right actor. Just be pleasant. Be courteous. Understand everyone's kind of nervous, and especially the actor. And, you know, just create an environment that is, you know, pleasant for everyone to work in. I would say first, let the actor get through what they're doing at least once, and then give them instruction. It's a little hard when the actor, I mean, as I know as an actor, when you get interrupted while you're doing things. I mean, I've been doing it so long, I can handle, you know, mid-performance instruction I just think it's good to take the time and let the actor do what they were prepared to do and and see what they got to give on the first try and then give instruction because that's part of the audition too is seeing can they take instruction how do they interpret it how do you interact with them what if they don't understand what's their reaction do they get defensive do they get or are they mature about it are they able to think you could these are ways you you see how you're going to work with the actor because remember you're going to work with the actor for days or months or you know weeks or whatever and then maybe a year you might be working with them as you go through the film festival circuit and you, you might bring them along or they might do some press for you and things like that you want to see how you can interact with the actor pay attention to the red flags you know if the actor is rude or defensive or they can't take direction or they show up late and they don't have a good excuse because it's okay to be late you know just communicate that's what I always do if I'm late and I've only been late a handful of times in the 20 years I've been doing this but I always call my agent to let them know to let production know you know I'm completely lost or I've had times where the weather was so in inclement it was horrible I remember it was a snowstorm and I had to get to another state and you know, people were understanding. As long as you communicate and there's reasonable things happening. So pay attention to those red flags because skill is just part of the casting process. You want to work with people that is going to make your process enjoyable because making a film is hard and it's stressful. Okay, this is really important. You don't want to do all of this stuff by yourself. So make sure you have somebody who will check in the actors for you and they're in the waiting room looking at the actors and making sure things are all smooth and quiet and comfortable. You want to have somebody who's running the camera for you if you are recording the auditions and have a monitor set up so you can see you can watch them on the monitor while the person's running the camera. And then also have somebody else read with the actor if it's a scene where they have to interact with somebody so that you can sit there and you can focus on the actor because it's too much. It's just too much for you to do everything. How do I know? Because I've tried to do it. You want to get some help from your friends. If you can't pay anybody, just come for a few hours and help you. And, you know, most people are excited about movies and how it works and, you know, what what happens behind the scenes and how does, it get a, how does a movie get made. So if you can get a few people to help you for a few hours an afternoon you know if you can't pay them just feed them really good that's another currency in the indie film world is to feed people well and treat them well if you can't pay them also in the room when you're having the audition 
I forgot to mention this, but have a mark on the floor. You can put a little X or something so the actor knows where to stand when they walk in. You just want to make it easy and simple. All these details really just make things flow easier. So when they're finished with the audition, you just want to thank them for their audition. And actors know that you're not going to call them if they didn't get it. You can do it if you want to, which is nice. My agent lets us know if we didn't book something a lot of times, which is nice and helpful so that you don't keep thinking about it. But actors know in this industry, typically you don't get a call if you didn't book it unless, you know, it's a high, pro high profile. You've been going through many auditions. If it's just a one audition, one off or a callback, you know, we know that we don't get it if we don't hear back, but you can if you want to. It does take more time and it is always appreciated, but I just wanted to put that tip in there that it's not something that you have to do. If you did it, it's just, it's kind of a nice extra. So next I want to talk to you about is attracting levels of talent. So level one, I would say is friends and family. So it's your friends and family Unless they're actors, you're not going to get these Oscar-worthy performances. But you want to work hard as a director to help pull out that performance out of them. But you're going to get free talent. You're going to get someone who cares about you, cares about the project. But you are not paying them, so they're going to volunteer as they can. But it's a great way to start, and it can be a really fun way to start. Because you're with people you know that you care about, and they care about you. Level two is when you start posting on social media or something in groups that are specifically for actors and filmmakers. So you can find groups on Facebook. There's a place called Stage 32, which is like a Facebook for the entertainment industry. You can post your audition there. You're kind of casting a wide net, but in like lake of actors. And you're going to see who you can get. Level three goes a little bit deeper. And you might have to put a little bit of money. Not a lot. You know, maybe $50 over everything I'm going to tell you. But did you know that there's specific sites that actors use to find work? There's specific industry sites that I go to to look for auditions. So one of those sites is called ActorsAccess.com. And a lot of casting directors and agents and actors and filmmakers use this site from in major markets and smaller markets like Chicago and LA, Atlanta. You can find independent films, you can find TV, you can find different things, commercials, music videos, just different projects that are more specific. So the actors are paying for this service and having a profile there. So you can pay a little bit and post your project on there. Another site is called imdbpro.com. So you probably know IMDb, which is a database for movies and celebrities and all kinds of fun stuff. It's a great site. It's totally fun. But there's something called IMDb Pro, which I pay for to have a profile. And it's the site is the place that people go to to research actors as well. So I have a IMDb Pro site. You can look on there and see my credits in the projects that I've done. This is a legit site where you know you can go and research people in the entertainment industry. So you can pay and put your audition up there. You know that you're going to be in this lake of actors that are 
paying for the service that are more serious, that probably have more training, and you're going to get an actor with more experience. And another site is Backstage.com. Backstage, back in the day before it was all internet and stuff, they were like the go-to hard print publication for people in entertainment to go find auditions. It's kind of like the classifieds for entertainment, but this was like the place to go to get the information. So now it's online, and you can also post there. I would say on Backstage you get a variety of people definitely that want to be in the industry or in the industry or have some experience. But again, with these sites, you're going a little bit deeper and finding people that have more experience and training. But you have to pay a little bit. And these are actors, a lot of times, that probably have more experience and do have a rate for being part of your project. Level four is going to some of your local agencies. So where I live, our agencies are actually really supportive of indie films. They don't charge and they haven't charged me to ask them for help to cast anything. So with my last film, I reached out to my agents and I said, hey, you know, I'm doing this project. Can you share this breakdown with your actors? And I've known my agents for over 10 years. I have more like networks and connections in our local industry. But if you don't, talking to a local agency is a great way to get in there saying, I have this project, you know, will you help me? Now, sometimes agencies might take a fee, but I've found that agencies, local agencies or smaller agencies, they're pretty supportive of independent projects. I think that's a great way. So now you're getting actors that have agents. So that's like another level of professionalism because agents aren't generally taking actors willy-nilly. I mean, if they are, then I don't know about the agent, but usually you have to go through a process to be with an agent and to have a reputation with the agent for the agent to even recommend that person for your project. Now I'm going to talk about a bonus level. Now this is highly, this is bonus. This is bonus bonus. How I casted my film Breathe, I didn't use any of these methods. <laughs> Breathe was such a special project to me. I wrote it after my brother-in-law was killed and I wanted to create a project that said something about gun violence. I was fed up with gun violence. This is my third major interaction with it. And I was so fed up, I wanted to do this project. And it was so near and dear to me that I just couldn't even trust myself with casting it. So I prayed. I asked God to cast my film. I asked him to show me somebody who would care about this project, who would care about acting, who would care about this opportunity. And I asked for someone who wanted an opportunity because that person I knew would try hard and give it their all. And that's who I got. And it's an interesting story. I was on a shoot that I didn't want to go to that God specifically put in my heart, go do this project. Because let me tell you, I didn't want to. It was, it was for a Gatorade commercial. It was to be an extra. And the lead was an NBA player and the NBA player was being drafted that night so the entire cast had to wait until like two in the morning before we could film because we didn't even know if the player was going to be able to come if they were if their draft went through it was crazy and you know being an extra on a set is it's not real it's tough you know I have a lot of respect for background actors let me tell you it is its own sport but I listened to God and I went 
And I ended up meeting some amazing people that auditioned for my film. They were in my film and were friends to this day. They're like family. And one of the actors turned out to just want to help me with my production company. And each person, they're good people. They love their community. They love their family. They love God. And they're activists in their own right. So they weren't just actors. They were like whole whole people, performers, talented and the type of person that I wanted to work with every day and continue to work with years later, that is the bonus level. That's bonus level right there. So I would say combine your bonus level with the other levels and where you can fit, where you can afford. But I would say apply bonus level techniques to all of all of your casting. So with all of that being said, I will just leave you with a few things to think about is when you're casting, it can be very tempting to find someone who has a huge following and they're gonna, you know, make your project pop off. But I would highly recommend that you don't cast someone who has a big following who has no skill because you want your project to be good. You want your project to be able to be what draws people and attracts people and makes a difference. You want your project to be high quality. We've seen the days where people will cast people who have a big following, but they're good at what they do, but they're not really good at acting. That's another skill set than just being a personality on social media, which that's a different skill set. But we've seen that where someone with a huge following will be cast in a TV show or something and it's just falling really flat because the person hasn't built that skill yet. So I would really say don't cast somebody who has no skill but a big following. If you can find someone who has a big following and skill, hey, there you go, and is a good person to work with. If you want to cast somebody you know with a big following, find different ways to get them involved that utilizes their skills and their strengths. Make them a behind the scenes host or something like that. Find different ways to get them involved. Ask them what they want to do that would highlight who they are, what they do. Maybe you find someone with a big following that is really great with decor and let them help you with your sets and putting things together visually. There are other ways to get people involved so you don't have to compromise the work that you're doing in your project. So those are my tips for casting. I hope that those helped you out. I can't wait to see your project. Please let me know if you have any questions. I'd be happy to answer them. But I have really told you everything that I know and I've done today. And as I learn more, I will continue to, you know, share. But I hope that one day I won't have to do all this, that I'll be working with a wonderful casting director. So thanks so much for watching and I'll see you guys next time. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Blue House Entertainment. House Entertainment is a social impact entertainment company dedicated to telling diverse stories that facilitate heart-changing conversation to elevate our culture to a more equitable, inclusive, and empathetic society. If you want more information on how to work with Blue House Entertainment, head over to thebluehouse.co. I'm DJ Renuka, and I'll see you on the red carpet.